Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Hello, folks. Just a quick update on our podcast page, Help for Wounded Spirits. So we had a Facebook page of the same title, Help for Wounded Spirits. Unfortunately, through this whole electronic big tech stuff, we lost that page with all of you who liked us and followed us, completely lost the page and had to start a new one from scratch. So we need your help. Would you go out to the new one and find it and like us? It's still showing a, a blip to the old one. But if you'd go out to the new one, Help for Wounded Spirits, and, and find us and like us again, that'd be a great blessing. Uh, we also heard from a couple of you folks who had questions and things were going on. Please contact us. Contact us privately on our Facebook page, uh, whatever the case may be. Also, by the grace of God, our ministry is expanding, especially on the Wounded spirit side. So we have a completely different place now to give to the, wounded, the Help uh, for Wounded Spirits uh, website. Uh, so if you could go to Wounded Spirits Ministries, you got to type out the word ministries, T-R-I-E-S dot com, and, and you hit give, it'll take you to a drop down window that starts with general and list a couple missionaries. And then it says uh, help for Wounded Spirits podcast. Boy, we could sure use your help with a month or so coming at us. And uh, that'd be a great blessing. So quickly, uh, we now have Helpful Wounded Spirits, its own Facebook page. Please go out and like it. It doesn't look exactly the same as the old one, uh, but God is still blessing. We can't wait to see you folks out there. Secondly, we have another place for you to help us pay our monthly bills with Helpful Wounded Spirits, and that's at woundedspiritsministries.com, and then hit give in the drop-down window entitled that comes up. We'll say Help for Wounded Spirits website. Of course, this is a 5013C. Uh, of course, you'll get a receipt for your taxes immediately. And uh, we thank you very much for your time. We sure do love you folks. Praying for you daily. Thank you. Great to be back with you folks. It's hard to believe we're on the 196th podcast as we continue to go through Psalm 18. With me, as always, is my friend and co-host, Stephanie Wesco. And Stephanie, how are you today? I'm doing pretty well, Doug. It's great to be with you. Well, that's great. I'm going to ask you just to speak a little bit louder today. Our connection is uh, just a little bit weird today. It's just like us. Our connection's a little bit like <laughs> us. So a full disclosure, we're still, we're still creeping up on the day of uh, the anniversary of uh, Charles Martyrdom, the greatest missionary of our generation, missionary martyr. And uh, as we go along, so Stephanie, how are you doing personally? You can... Full disclosure, we, we put you and I right out there with our podcast peeps. and how's <laughs> Tell us what's going on. Well, um, doing fairly well. We have special meetings going on at our church. And um, I think God knew that I was going to need some of the things I was going to be hearing. So I'm thankful for that. Um, thankful that God gives us what we need when we need it. Yeah, he sure so. does that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, special meetings mean special food, special visits. So have you had the evangelists over at the Wesco worship team house? <laughs> yes, we had them over last night, in fact. And um, it was a sweet time, um, a fellowship. Um, the, the man who's preaching our meetings 
one of the pastors at a church we were at on deputation. And so um, he's not at that church anymore, but he, he was at a church we were at on deputation. And so, um, you know, there's different, there's different things, memories and things that pop up with seeing them. But um, we had a really sweet time together and the kids all had fun playing yeah. outside with Thor. And um, so that was, yeah, it was a great evening. The Lord really blessed. Yeah, so as you guys remember, Thor is the anointed golden retriever puppy. <laughs> and I'm trying to keep Stephanie from having him turned into a gelded puppy or a cut puppy. I'm trying to find one of you people that have a female golden retriever around 12 weeks to one year old so that we can bring these golden retrievers together at some point and reproduce the special one there, the papers matching uh, golden retriever. So anyway, maybe you want to donate a golden retriever to the Wesco family. They need a female from another area of the country so that we can go ahead and make golden retrievers. And, you know, I don't know. Uh, God makes the golden retrievers. That's all I think. Uh, but anyway, so we've been going through a lot in Psalms. And this this Psalm 18 brings us to some strange things. It, it started off, Stephanie, with that idea of, of David talking about how he loved God like a mother loves her baby in her womb. And see, that's something I can't understand, a mother in a baby's womb. But you know that term, so that Hebrew term for loving a baby in the womb and having a baby love mama back in the womb is a love that is the highest love that we can have short of God. And uh, so you can imagine just the kind of love David's talking about. And, and that's, why it's, that's why we're so pro-life, Stephanie, is because we know the love that that baby has for its mom already in the womb. Mm -hmm. And we know the love that God has for that baby in the womb. And, and uh, so we are, so just all honesty, we're coming clean with you guys, full disclosure, we're pro-life freaks, we're pro-God freaks, we're a, and we're anything that hooks to pro-life, pro-God, and anybody who's mm -hmm. against it, they freak us out a little bit. And, uh, mm -hmm. and obviously David was that way too, and God's word is filled with pro-life, uh, pro-God, pro those types of things. And so as we continue along here, we we did manage to get through verse number 18 of Psalm 18. We ended with that, those grades word, they prevented me in the day of my calamity. So the Lord, those things the Lord did prevented it. And, uh, but the Lord was my stay. And I love that word. The Lord was my support. The Lord was my everything. The Lord was there for me. And uh, that's where we ended yesterday. And I remember, Stephanie, we talked about the Lord being there for you in Cameroon and the Lord being there for you in Indiana. And uh, how we told the folks that uh, God is your deliverer. He's there. He can take you. And uh, he can help you. He can bring you to that next place. And so we're starting in verse number 19 this time. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. Now, I love the idea that the Lord delights in us. And, uh, you know, if we're doing the right things, the Lord delights in us. The Lord rewarded me according to my, and we saw that in the book of Job, didn't we, Stephanie? We saw that he offered up Job and uh, he delighted in Job's reputation and things of that nature. And the Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands, hath he recompensed me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. 
For all his judgment were before me, and I did not put away my statues for me. I was also upright before him, and I kept myself from mine iniquity. Therefore hath the Lord recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. With the merciful thou wilt show thyself merciful, and with an upright man thou wilt show thyself upright. With the pure thou wilt show thyself pure, and with the forward thou wilt show thyself forward. For thou wilt save... Oh, did you say something? No. Oh, okay. All right. I got you. Uh, for thou... <laughs> so we do this, folks. This is the danger of talking on the phone while doing podcasts. For thou wilt save the afflicted people, but will bring down high looks. For thou wilt light my candle. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. For by thee I have run through a troop. And by my God have I leaped over a wall. As for God, I want to include 30 and 31 here. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is the buckler to all those that trust in him. For who is God save the Lord? For who is the rock save our God? It is the God in 32 that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect in verse 32. Who is he? He's the God that maketh my way perfect. So, Stephanie, we just went ahead and read from 19 through 32 verses of uh, uh, Psalm number 18. And what came to your mind as we cruise through those? I think these these verses make me stand in awe of who God is. Yeah. David just goes over and over and over, over all of the ways that God has shown him love. Yeah. And, um, there's some serious, there's some serious verses that give you food for thought. Verse, um, as you said, verse 19, it's beautiful the way he says, he brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. And there's something very special about coming to God and saying, God, would you delight in me? Yeah. When I bring joy, I want to bring joy to your heart. I want to be someone that when you look at me, you smile, that I bring joy to you. Yeah. And um, verse 20 is a very comforting verse. It says, The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands, hath he recompensed me. And you could say that verse opposite. If you put that verse in an opposite perspective, it's very sobering, and so it's. I, there's a call to walking humbly and with a clean heart and a pure conscience before God in verse 20. Yeah. Because David's saying that God is rewarding. I think. I think 19 and 20 sort of go together. God was delighting in David and rewarding him because he was seeking after God with his whole heart. Yeah. And um, we know that it's not by works of righteousness that we have done. Um, that's not it's, not, it's not what saves us. We know it's God's mercy and grace yeah. through the shed blood of his son that saves us. But God's watching our behavior, our actions. Um, he sees where our heart is. And David's saying that God is rewarding him according to his faithfulness, according to the cleanness of his hands. And then verse 21, he says, For I have kept the ways of the Lord 
and have not wickedly departed from my God, for all his judgments were before me, and I did not put his statutes away from him. I was also upright before him, and I kept myself from mine iniquity. And then verse 24, he reiterates that God is recompensing him, rewarding him according to his righteousness and the cleanness of his hands. And to me, that is a that is a challenge to live out Micah 6, 8, where God says, He has shown me, O man, yeah. what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do, ju- but to do justly to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. Wow, I love you through in Micah 6, 8 there. That's beautiful. And but uh, that's just, that's what I see when I look at those verses. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, because it's this, as you go through this whole section that you read, God lays out for us, and this is the importance of reading your Bible, of spending time with God and not just reading your Bible, but meditating on it and taking it to God and saying, God, lighten my path with your word. His yeah. word truly is that light. And he talks about that in verse 28, that you will light my candle. The Lord, my God will enlighten my darkness. We have so much darkness thrown at us from our own flesh, from our own wicked hearts, from this world. But God's word is that lamp to our feet and that light to our path. Yeah. And there, it's so much, it's, to me, it's so clearly laid out here in these verses that you read today, Doug, what God is looking for in our hearts, what he is looking for in our actions, what pleases him. I mean, he talks about merciful, that God shows himself merciful with the merciful. He shows himself upright with the man that's upright, pure. And then it says, and with the forward, thou wilt show thyself forward. And, you know, when we are living humbly before God and walking before him, we can pray that and say, God, would you show yourself forward with those that are being forward? With those that are totally shaking their fist in your face? Would you bring down the high looks? Would you show yourself strong? And yeah, is yeah. a very comforting passage. It um, is. It's a challenging passage to, to walk before God in the manner that honors him, that glorifies him, that he is exalted. And lift it up. It's the way today should look, knowing this. This is the way we should yeah. be. We should put yeah. this. And I love, you know, going backwards because uh, obviously Stephanie and I take turns talking about this. But I, you know, that what came to my mind when the Lord was delighting in David, it's like when our kids do well. It's like when your kids get up and sing a special. Uh, it's like when, you know, somebody passes, you know, we pass through college or different things. I mean, there's been really proud moments uh, for parents everywhere, you know, and in, in delighting in the maturing and the character. And we can see David's maturing going on here in 18. And this is something that we should be emulating. This is something that we should be uh, fighting for and struggling for and working towards. And, and uh, you know, he's talking about the Lord's statues in here. He's talking about uh, I was also upright before him in 23. I kept myself from mine inequity. Therefore, have the Lord recompensed me according to my righteousness. And this idea that, you know, we our responsibility is our righteousness or God's righteousness through us. 
that's our responsibility here. So, you know, there is a practical piece of what we're reading today. And I think right off the back, it's we need to try to be righteous. We need to try to stand upright. We need to try to be godly. We need to live a life that puts us in that area code. And we need to continue on with that. I mean, is that what you're, is, is that what you're thinking, Stephanie? Yeah, I think David is, God's using David, because obviously this is inspired. Um, but God's using David here, really, it is, Psalm 18 lays out who God wants to be to us, too. And God says, if you'll do these things, if you'll seek me with all of your heart, if you'll make me your fortress, your deliverer, your strength, your shield, if you'll walk humbly before me and be merciful, be upright, be pure, this is what I do. This is who I am to you. This is who I will be. And claiming that by faith, because these are promises. These are statements. It says, with the merciful, thou wilt show thyself merciful. With the upright, thou wilt show thyself upright. These things that God lays out, um, for thou wilt save the afflicted people and wilt bring down high looks. David saying, these are things you will do, God. The prerequisite is us walking humbly before him and living a life that's pleasing to him. And I tell you what, who who wants to trade in the mercy and the goodness of God for a bowl of pottage? But there's so much of that. Yeah, we see it on TV. And and I just want to conclude with these last few verses here, these 30. As for God, his way is perfect. So remember, brethren, God's way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried and and it's proven is what the idea there. He is my buckler, which, excuse me, is an old way of saying he's my shield to all those that trust in him. For who is God? Save the Lord, or who is the rock? Save our God. It is God that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. And I, I guess, you know, you just hit it, Stephanie, as we're talking about this. It's telling us that God's our shield, that God's proven to us, that He's constantly taking care of those things for us. Over and over again, He's proven to us. He's tried us. He's, we've tried Him. He's there. He's, he's our. Uh, you know, he's our shield, our buckler there. He's, he's all those things, yet people go for the other thing. Why? Why do people go the other way? What do you think that is? Well, I think the main reason is God hasn't become very big in their lives. Yeah. And he's not their God. Um, he's, he's a crutch. He's a Band-Aid. But he's not their God. Yeah. And when we humbly come before God on our knees, on our faces, and he becomes our God, he becomes the Lord of our life. And I'm not saying where you get saved. There are many people who have been saved from hell. You know, they've asked the Lord to save them from their sins. So in the sense of being Christians, yes, they are. They belong to God. Yeah. But their heart is a thousand miles away from him. And yeah. yeah. And, and I, you know, where it says that, that the Lord lit his path as a candle or something mm-hmm. like that. I think that was yep. in the, tw- the late 20s. The Lord will light my, yep. Yep, yep. And the Lord will light my darkness. Yet people prefer darkness. to walk in the darkness. 
And, and I mean, I, I guess the, the draw of sin, the draw of lasciviousness, the draw of, uh, I mean, we could name a, a million things, the draw of greed, the draw of power, the draw, I mean, we could name what, we know the sins. I mean, we fight the very same things that everybody else fights. And, you know, that's one thing we need to remember, folks, is everybody's fighting those same urges, those same sinful things, those same hurtful things. Everybody's going through them. Uh, but David was able to stay upright. And, you know, one thing Saul did when he was, when Saul was in leadership, you know, one thing that uh, he did is he did prepare the kingdom to, to be ready to move on with David, you know, and, uh, you know, and he had a lot of opportunities for Saul to repent. And, you know, God takes time to prepare us. Remember, he took 13 years for Joseph, 40 years for Moses, 40 years for Joshua. And so we start thinking about, you know, sometimes uh, we just, we're not patient, Stephanie, is what I'm trying to say. For a practical side, it took David years to get the kingdom. It took uh, Joseph 13 years to get his leadership role and for those dreams to prove true. It took Moses 40 years. It took Joshua 40 years. So we're, you know, when we think about years too often, too often Christians throw the towel in. And that's really think, sad. Yeah. Well, and I think that's where faith, our faith and our hope come into play. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I think we reach that point of, I know that just this week, there's been times when I've been, when I've been crying out to the Lord and saying, God, even though I don't feel it right now, I know you are the same God that parted the Red Sea. I'm praying to the same God who healed the sick, who raised the dead, who made blind eyes see, who rebuked the storm and told it to hush. That's the same God I'm praying to. And we have to keep that focus of who God is. Yeah, we, do we really believe he is who he says he is? Because if we do, if we believe he's the God that David describes here in Psalm 18, it should make us excited to pray to him. It should make us excited to draw close to him because who wouldn't want to know and be close to him? Yeah, there's, there, there is a lot of that going on and we forget that. And that's, that's a huge practical piece. And friends, those of you listening to us today, uh, you're praying to the same God that parted the Red Sea. You're praying to the same God that, uh, uh, you know, makes us, develops us, grows us. The same God that took Joseph through his trials, the same God that was there with Moses and so on. We could continue on and on. We serve that same God today. We pray to that same God today. And the warning here or the, the admonishment, if there is any, uh, from God, from David to us, it all depends on where our heart is, is we need to be upright. We need to be, and let me tell you a story. This is a hard story, Stephanie. I wasn't going to tell this story, but I think it's important. So years ago, I met a uh, a young lady at a Bible college, a big Bible college. And uh, she was speaking to the ladies in her group and she got up and she talked about how uh, she went all through Bible college and uh, she never had a boyfriend. And then she started going out with a man and they were talking back and forth and the man was a missionary and he went in a different direction. And then she talked about how uh, she had met another man in her life and years were going by. And the other man wrote her and said, you know, can I pray about 
you know, going out with you or, or us talking about going out or whatever. And she said yes, and a year went by. And in the midst of that, she just gave up. And she gave up and she got involved in a relationship, an ungodly relationship, and she got pregnant. And the day she found out she was pregnant and she was in this ungodly relationship, she opened up her email and there was a letter from the man who wrote back and said, God has given me clearance to not only talk with you, but to go all the way through to marriage. I want to be your husband and I want to do whatever it takes to do that. Now you say to yourself, well, this couldn't be any worse that this 29, 30 year old woman at this point, she goes to the doctor with a pregnancy and everything. And she found out she was HIV infected. And, you know, folks, I don't think God was punishing her. I just think sometimes we give up the whole world. We give up the whole world for a temporary fix or some temporary gratification or some temporary uh, what we think is improvement. And she's told that story a hundred times. I could, I could name her now, but I won't. I've heard her at several different Bible colleges and Fortunately, because of medicine available and stuff, she's healthy and her son is without HIV. Uh, he was able to be born without HIV. The father's nowhere to be found. But I'm just thinking, Stephanie, that how often, how often do we give up? Yeah. How often yeah. Do, do, does God's people, the seed, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor the seed begging bread. You know, how often do we worry so much and get so upside down? Uh, how often, you know, do we as Christians, the people listening to me, do we want to throw the towel in and go down the easy road? Yeah. Well, that's, the temptation is there, and it's very real. Um, just last night, Samuel, my son Samuel, we were talking, and he said, Mommy, have you really heard the devil whisper things in your ear because I'll say things like, you know, I was really dealing with temptation or just the temptation to give up or the just discouragement or whatever. And, um, the way I'll phrase things. And, and I said, well, Sammy, I don't hear his voice, but I said, he's there tempting me Yeah. to give up or whatever. And, and he's like, but you say you hear God speak to you. And I said, I do. Wow. And he's like, how? How does God speak to you? And we had a little discussion last night about how God speaks to us. Yeah. And I was sharing with him how um, he speaks to me through his word and how he does have that still small voice that isn't audible, but it's audible. And where you just... You have to be listening for it, and the noise of this world, and the noise that Satan will blast at us, the fear, the worry, the, the, the temptation to just give up and be done, those things are real. And to come back to passages like Psalm 18 and be reminded that, no, my God is my rock. He is my fortress. He's my deliverer. He's my strength. He's my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower, and I will call upon him who is worthy to be praised, and so shall I be saved from mine enemies. And to come back to who is my God to me, really, when the rubber meets the road. And I think when you are through trauma, when you go through loss, 
when you go through those things in life that leave you at rock bottom, that's when you find out where your foundation really is. Because if your foundation at that point isn't in that Jehovah that David talks about here in Psalm 18, if it is not in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will fall apart. And that is why knowing him and walking with him and talking with him and every day seeking to become all he wants you to be is the way that you will make it through those times of life without becoming angry and bitter. And are people going to hurt us? Yes. Are friends going to betray us? Unfortunately, yes. Unfortunately, yeah. But God is still God. He's still God and his way is perfect. That's That's right. If he is God and his word is true, then we can come back to verse 32. It is God that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. There it is right there, friends. Uh, God is perfect. His way is perfect. And, you know, uh, if we could get anything out of this particular portion of Psalm 18 today is follow God, trust in God. Be patient with God. Uh, Whatever God has for you, accept it. Drive on with it. Move forward with it. It's going to be okay. And and friends, I think think it's a great honor to be able to come across your earways today. I think it's a great honor to be able to talk to you about what's going on here in Psalm number 18. I think we should be able to wrap up Psalm number 18 tomorrow or Monday in this case. But we sure do love you folks. Uh, You're a great blessing to us. Anything you want them to know, Stephanie, the 10 second want them to know before we go? 10 seconds? Yeah. I I would just say um, take time to read and pray through this psalm. Um, Make it yours. Yeah. And cry out to God from your own heart and say, God, this is, I want to have this relationship with you. This is who I want you to be with me. And he promises in the New Testament that draw nigh to God. And he will draw nigh to you. If you seek me, you shall find me. And make this God that David talks about here your God. There it is. And he will show himself strong on your behalf. That's why she's the best co-host in podcast business. Folks, listen, very important message on how you can know for sure you're saved. Listen to every word of this. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. One of the more exciting things about our ministry is being able to tell people how they can know for sure they're saved and believe in Jesus Christ and spend eternity in heaven. The Bible tells us there's four things we need to know to be saved. The first thing it tells us is we're all sinners. The Bible says there are none righteous. It says that everybody in the world is a sinner. The second thing that the Bible teaches us is there's a price on sin. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death. The third thing and the good news that the Bible teaches us today is it says, but God commendeth his love toward us while we were yet sinners before we were even born, Christ died for us. So we can know we're a sinner. We can know there's a price on sin, but thank God that Christ died for us. Then the Bible says we must speak it in our mouth and believe it in our heart that all we need to do is pray to God, believe it in our heart that Christ has died for our sins and ask him to save us in Jesus Christ's name. And you know what, folks, he will. If we can do anything to help you in that area, please send us a message. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. 
for helpful resources and to help continue this podcast. Visit us at woundedspirits.com.